0: Hey, it's Brandon here. Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. The demands of HR and payroll are endless. And that's why Zenium provides a complete solution for both so you can focus on what you do best, which is growing your organization. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. All right, today's episode is number 401. Last week, we crested the 400-episode mark, and so we did kind of a celebratory podcast episode where I brought Angela Perkins on, who's my colleague of almost 14 years, and we discussed some of the top podcasts from the last few years, or at least the ones that I find super interesting. And we spent a few minutes talking about each episode, and we even took a look at some of the predictions we made about the workplace back in 2019 and sort of explored where we're at now. And I had a lot of fun on that episode. So make sure to go check that out. We also created a YouTube version of that podcast. We're starting to do a little bit more video. So if you are one that prefers video over audio only, go check that out on YouTube and make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And anytime we do episodes on video, you'll get those first. So today's episode, I had a conversation with Carrie Ulrich. Carrie's the author of The Way of the HR Warrior. So we're talking about misconceptions that people have about the HR profession. We're, we're talking about what organizations need out of their HR function. And we discuss some of the challenges that workplaces are going to face and how HR can provide the solutions for the future of the workplace enjoy today's episode. Make sure to connect with Carrie on LinkedIn and connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't done so yet. Enjoy today's episode with Carrie Ulrich. Hey, Carrie, it's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: We're going to talk about the HR professional. You wrote a book called The Way of the HR Warrior, so I'm excited to dive in because this podcast actually started as a podcast just for HR people and I've since expanded it. So I love talking about the HR profession in general. What's your personal view of HR versus how like a business owner might think of HR? (laughs) <laughs> and that function. Maybe not just the person itself, but the function as a whole too.
1: Uh Well, let's start on the sad side. So HR is a profession and what usually business owners see is not the best. So how many jokes and TV and movies are about the HR person? And I think business owners, especially if they're a bit smaller, they think HR is this kind of necessary evil and it's for compliance. And at the same time, anyone can do it. And so a lot of business leaders don't see the value. So they have some of those. Then you have some who really do see the value. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but I, I would say our reputation's not the best. It's not like people start their business and go, I can't wait to hire an HR person. I can't wait to have that department that's really gonna accelerate my business. Now, the secret is we do. Like we do accelerate your business and the profession is incredibly important. And when you have a beautiful HR team, the things you can do with your staff and your business are astronomical. But I think there's that big gap between what business leaders see and what I know HR can do.
0: It's interesting to me because there's been not a lot of value placed on the HR function for a very long time. I think a lot of business owners, just from my perspective, I think business owners are starting to to wake up to that because unless you can fully automate your business through robots and AI or whatever, you're always going to have people and people are complex and their needs are changing and evolving. So... HR is a strategic function, in in my opinion. I don't know. Do you feel the same?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. And what I love, so I use this example quite a bit, especially with people who don't get HR. I've worked with a lot with engineers, and they'll just kind of go, ugh, people, right? And they're just like, just what a horrible job you have, Carrie. And it's not that hard either. Like, sometimes they think it's not that hard. And I'll say, right? (laughs) And I say, let's talk in engineering terms. I said, so when you leave, this is what makes HR so hard to do. When you leave your machine on Friday, by the time you come back on Monday, unless there's been some natural earthquake or something or tornado, your machine is the same thing. On Friday, however, when your you know gym leaves, he can come back on Monday, a very different gym. He could quit, he could just not show up. Like People, a lot of stuff happens to them over the weekend, and so that's what makes them as a machine a very complex and difficult. And that's when I get my engineers to go. Oh yeah, I still don't want your job, but yeah, they're really hard and difficult to figure out.
0: Is there a type of? It's hard to like put everybody in a bucket, but is there a type of person that becomes an HR professional or one? There's like a certain pedigree because I think when you look at you mentioned TV shows, I love The Office, oh, and, and but Toby, Toby, Toby Flenderson. He's the HR guy and the way they portray him in that show, I think, I mean, that was a, that was a huge show. And so if everybody's thinking like, oh, this is how the HR person is, like, what a bad rap, right? Like, horrible. Wh- but the HR people aren't like that, at least the ones that I I know, maybe elaborate on that.
1: I think so for the HR profession, and so let me let me back up because we actually call out Toby in the book of like, don't be a Toby, right? Because <laughs> it's just so sad. I
0: latched onto that. Yeah,
1: I was like, oh, yeah. oh, Toby. I think that in the HR profession, there's this. What what's the profile? So I think quite a few they start off by thinking they like people. So this is when you go down the wrong path, I think, in HR. Because if you start thinking you like people and you're just going to like make people happy, I think you kind of could end up like a Toby, right? Where you're just, you give up. Because you're jaded at some point. You get jaded and you're just like, did he really do that? And you all of a sudden this whole flower, the bloom's off the flower because you realize, oh, people are kind of, sassy and not so great sometimes and naughty. And so I think if you go in it from, I just want to help people and I'm so happy to be around people, you'll get jaded pretty quickly. I think the HR professionals who see it as a strategic value to the business and understand that you're going to have to manage through some pretty tough issues. But if you have the goal of If I have a great employee base, the business does well and the business does well, we can hire more people. And so if you see a long-term effect, um, I think those HR professionals are much more successful than I like people because they will disappoint you because it's kind of like cops sometimes. You only see people breaking rules and in HR, sometimes if you only focus on those who are trying to maybe manipulate a system a little bit, or you get a lot of disgruntled you're going to get really jaded and unfortunately start to be like Toby.
0: It's so interesting because I think most people who are listening to this or even people in the HR profession, they're like, they got into it because they love people. And I think deep down inside, they'll still say that somewhere because on the alternative side where you're talking about HR as a strategic function, and then think about the tactics, not necessarily tactics, but the strategies that you use, Mm -hmm. it's sort of manipulative in some ways because you're, you're trying to get business outcomes, right? And so for, for regular employees, they're like, well, HR is only here to work for the employer and it's manipulative mm-hmm. from my point of view as an employee. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that before too. And I think a good HR person has to balance both. And so while you can understand that you have to get to the business outcomes, you can fight for employees like nobody's business and you're in this position to do so. And it's a beautiful position. So, and sometimes the employees never know. So I use the example of one time when we were doing reductions, which is the worst and you hate it, hate it. But as an HR person, how can you make sure that is the most respectful process you can do? So when someone goes home, they're like, you know what? It sucks. But I was treated like an adult. I was treated like a human. There have been times in HR where we fought to reduce people earlier in the month because a little known fact that you get benefits for the whole month. So no matter when you quit or when you leave, you get benefits for the whole month. So isn't that nice to do that if I reduce you on the 1st versus the 30th, at least you'd get an entire month of benefits. Most people don't know that HR can fight for you on that one. And just that little change of a day gives you a benefit. And most people, when we've done reductions, are so concerned about benefits. When do my benefits end? And so there's this amazing stuff that you can do. You can fight for people's raises. You can fight for pay equity. There's so many things that you can do to fight for employees at the same time, balancing the needs of the business. I think where HR goes so wrong and gets such a bad reputation is you're a mouthpiece for the organization and the employees, employees are incredibly brilliant and they sniff out those HR people immediately. They're like, don't go to her. She'll only do what the company says. And so in HR, you kind of have to be a little bit of a warrior and a badass to say, you know what? That's not right. I have argued with executives to the point where I think, maybe I'll lose my job today (laughs) because I keep arguing. (laughs) And I say in HR, if you don't feel like you're going to lose your job arguing once in a while, you're probably not pushing the envelope and you're not fighting for the employees. So, but it's, it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's like easy to go up to your CEO and say that's wrong, but you have to.
0: What I because I totally agree with you on all this, like HR is very strategic, but for a business owner, like, well, why do we need to do DEI work? Why do we need to do a compensation analysis? Well, it's because you want your people to show up and feel safe and feel included and like they belong because they're going to show up to work every day and they're going to kick ass for you and your business is going to see results in the end. Because if you don't do that, then it's us versus them.
1: Right. Right. And I think, too, you kind of have to understand where your business owner is and the evolution as a human. You got to figure out how to say, okay, like D-E-I-B is a good example. Like, why should I do it? And to your point, if I'm a pretty evolved business leader, I could understand that, you know, if I have an inclusive workforce and they're happy to be here, I'm going to make so much more money right because maybe that's what they're thinking of like i will have a better product i'll have better because there's a lot of studies that will show you the safer i feel the better i feel the more engaged i feel i'm gonna make more money now maybe a business owner doesn't care that much about that you could then change the discussion to well if they're really unhappy with pay and you don't treat them well then you'll get a union in which most business owners are not thrilled For that, they're not thrilled because they know it could cost them more and there's a lot more restrictions on them. So you could argue that. It's not my first argument that I would like to make. I would like you to be a more evolved human. (laughs) However, that could be the, the downfall for the business. They don't want the union in, so do it for that reason. But that's, again, HR needs to have that flexibility. And I've seen a lot of HR people say, well, that's the law. You have to do it. No business leader ever likes to hear that's the law and you have to do it. Do you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, okay, fine. But why am I doing it? Most business leaders don't like to follow rules that much because that's why they're leading a business. They're breaking something They're They see a need in the market. Like they have a more badass attitude. And so you can't say to them, it's the law.
0: No, no, but even in my experience, like the law sometimes is super gray because they're yeah, not like these laws are not well written or it's just so ambiguous over yes. scenarios. I don't have an example off the top of my head, but we're living in gray half the time, and I think business owners live in gray their whole entire life. So,
1: oh my god, you just brought up the good thing where I say most HR people don't have a day where they go, oh violation of the law, we're done. That's so easy. <laughs> like it, it never happens that way. It's always, Ooh, well, okay, hold please. And then you'd call the lawyer and then you come up with three different kinds of recommendations. And then you go to your business partner or your leader and say, okay, what do you want to do? It is rare. I think I could probably count on my hand, one hand of the clear violations. Like someone stole something, boom, you're fine. We're done. Right. But other than that, it's usually just like you said, Brandon. It's all gray. It's all well. Let's think about okay. How do we manage this? How do we? How did we do it before? What's the consistency? It's tough.
0: More of a reason you need to have these HR warriors, 100%. right? Hundred so percent. Thank get, you. I want to get into mm-hmm. that. Like you named the book HR Warrior. What is an HR Warrior? Why do you? Why do you think
1: that? I think part of it is. We wanted to show that it's such a badass profession. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for just I like to plan a party and I want to be around people. It is trust a, right. Or... <laughs> I almost threw up in my mouth on that one. Um, uh, oh my god, no, please, God, no. Um, but it's a it's a badass profession, and so you do need to be a warrior, and you do need to charge forward, and so the model is charge. So we're saying as a warrior, you need to have courage. You need to be resilient. You need to be accurate. You need to be goal-oriented and you need to have humility and you need to be exemplary. So all of those things make this amazing business partner to your business. And it makes you an incredible employee advocate as well. You can be both. And so we need HR warriors to help. And even with automation, like you're saying, AI, there's always people And so how do you figure out and navigate this world and COVID and everything? Like you need to be a warrior to figure out what's going on and help your business and help the employees.
0: I just did a podcast, which has not aired yet. By the time this one goes out, it'll, it'll air, but we did it on compassion fatigue in the HR profession because they're both consultants. And we, we kind of just talked about like what they went through with COVID. And just like, you know, each of our consultants are probably working with 30 companies and each are in different industries and have different work environments. And going through COVID and just the rules and how they're changing every week, it seemed like was like they had to be resilient. So if you think about like this charge acronym that you have with the HR warrior, I'm like, these are badass yeah. HR consultants. Yep, And they are warriors because the shit that they went through, you know, and they brought a lot of that home with them. Yep. So they're dealing with crazy stuff with their clients. And a lot of it's emotional and they're bringing it home with them all the time. And like, that's, it's not for everybody. No. And I think that's what you're trying to get across with the HR warrior, right?
1: Yeah. And it isn't. And that resiliency is so key and HR people tend not to take care of themselves and so how can you find that balance of I've given a lot and I've helped a lot, but I still have enough gas when I get home to help my family, my whoever I have with me, or no one or just myself? Like, how do I make sure that I focus on that? Because you do have to be ridiculously resilient in HR.
0: How do you think that this HR warrior, the way you're describing it, fits into the modern work environment? Do you think they're more adaptable to like what, there's a lot of change right now, like technology, the needs of people, the laws, like everything. There's so much changing in the work environment that is this HR warrior the way you're describing it? Is it a better fit than the traditional HR professional?
1: Yeah, I think traditionally HR is supposed to know a lot of laws and in depth, right? You could ask me about a law in Utah, and I would, you know, know the answer to it. Okay, well, especially with AI and Google and lawyers, like you don't have to know the specific law every single like off the top of my head I have to know how to go find it but I don't need to know it and it's like almost every profession that specialized knowledge you can start to figure out with AI and others and that can easily be outsourced. but the problem solver, that's what HR needs to be that's the warrior to me is you get in there and you find out well, why is this happening that's the accuracy. What's going on? How can we help the business? that's the goal orientation of I tie my goals to the business goals and how can I have the courage to almost get fired by my CEO because I'm disagreeing on the way we should treat this certain you know group not group of employees, but we need to be more of an employee advocate. And so I think that problem solving mindset, that's what can't be replaced by, machine, that's where you could understand and you could read people and you could understand what they need. So it's a problem solver really. But the way of the HR problem solver doesn't sound as sexy as the way of the HR warrior, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so true. There's something in your book that I wanted to hone in on because the, where we came from with like the HR department was like personnel department, or I don't even know where it's evolved. You're, you've been in the HR industry more, more than I have. Um, So it came from, personnel Mm -hmm. now it's hr is it always going to be hr or do you do you see as like being called something different that's more relevant to where we are
1: quite a few are changing to kind of the people you'll hear people operations you'll hear people and engagement people and culture so i think they're trying to move away from human resources uh but unfortunately it's pretty easy to just say hr And like everyone kind of knows what you mean. But I think eventually, I think a lot of that payroll benefits, specialized leaves are a lot of those are getting outsourced because there are specialized companies. Like, I don't know, you might know one, Brandon, but yeah, I work for one. Yeah. (laughs) But there are these specialized companies that do it really, really well. And so they would be responsible for making sure that they know Utah payroll or something. You don't have to. And so what your job is then is to bring everyone together. And so you really are, I don't want to be say you're responsible for the culture, but you're, you're honing it. You're an ambassador for it. You're making sure that it's a beautiful and engaging culture. You're making sure that people are doing well. You're dealing with COVID. I mean, you're dealing with all this that... People, I struggle with people, Brandon, because it just sounds so weird, just people calling it people, but humans isn't the best, but it will keep evolving.
0: So a shout out to my colleague on my senior leadership team, uh, Susie Weir. She's been on this podcast before, but she, at some point her title changed to, and she does all the internal HR for, and we're consultants. So still got to have internal HR, but her title is vice president of people development and culture. And I think it fits really well with what she's doing. I mean, she's developing and career pathing people working on the culture and then you know the other HR stuff falls in there too like policies and whatever but
1: but that's the stuff that can be outsourced is that the traditional HR function can be outsourced but developing your people doing the culture I don't know how you outsource culture that'd be really you, tough you don't you, you don't so yeah. and it has what I like about that title is it has both the employee people development so that's my I can be an employee advocate and then also the culture is really business and what culture is going to drive the business and make sure the business is successful. So that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah.
0: What are some of the challenges either presently or that you could see on the horizon in just the working world you know, with having employees that the HR warrior can solve versus the traditional HR professional?
1: I think it's the culture piece. I think it's so important for companies to understand their own culture and who they want to be. That's what differentiates them. That's what's going to get them the talent. That's what's going to retain the talent. And so when HR can help you figure out who you are and articulate that, that is gold. Because once you know the culture, once you know who you are, then everything cascades from there. Then you can do performance management. Then you can do everything else and reward people because it's all based on who you want to be. And it's your North Star. And that is a gigantic, gigantic plus for any company to be so clear with its culture and how it makes decisions. It makes things go faster, you hire the right talent, you keep the right talent, and if HR can do that, that's amazing.
0: This next question this is kind of a big one, so you might have to unpack this, but Okay. Um, <laughs> you wrote in the book that the HR warriors transforming the image of HR through daily personal interactions. Yeah. Making commitments to excellence and what are some of those examples that you see the HR warrior doing on a regular basis that's changing the perception of HR and and also meeting the needs of the evolving needs of people and, and the business and, and all that.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you, the reason we say that is because there have been too many people who have said, you're not like HR. And I thought, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's one of the reasons we wrote the book too. But it was asking, well, why do you say that? They'll say, well, because you come to me as a business person or from a business aspect and you kind of have a holistic, systemic way to view it and you don't come in first with here's the law or here's the law or here's what the company wants you to say kind of thing. And so I think that having those interactions where, first of all, back up, you talk to people. Sometimes HR, people don't even know who they are. They don't even know who to go to for a question. So the fact that you go out and you have weekly meetings or monthly meetings with your business partners and so you talk to them is changing the face of HR. When you ask them business questions, when you know the financial goals, when you are, you're saying like, you know what, I can understand why you want to remove that person. They're not really good at this job. Let's figure out how we can help you you're helping them and you understand them and you have empathy for their position, I think you start changing the way people view HR. But it's every day, every day you can do that. I was just talking to an HR person who she's HR, but the business leader sees so much other opportunities for her in operations and things like that because she's a problem solver. That's really it. She's a problem solver. And so she could go do that in any part of the business.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the best part of HR is that it's, you know, kind of like even my world in marketing, it's like sort of intertangled with every aspect of the business. Like HR and marketing, for example, like work together pretty close, at least in, in my experience, working very closely because like internal communications externally for like attracting employees and like, oh, well, I can help spin some marketing language around that. So like that, I think great HR professionals are solving problems across the organization because people are at the core of everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they're connectors. Like you were saying, like you, if I'm talking to you in marketing, I go, Oh my God, did you know this project's coming up? Because I talked to the business leader. And so you have this wonderful bird's eye view sometimes of all the departments because you touch all the departments. So either I do or my partners do. And when we have a meeting, I can say, oh, did you know in finance, they're going to do this? Oh, well, in sales, they're going to do this. And you can help the organization be smarter, better, and faster.
0: A couple more questions and I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I don't know if you do a lot of like informational interviews with people who are looking to get into the HR profession, like you know people in college who are really considering it you know, you know, schools are probably teaching it a certain way, like probably memorizing policies and whatever. And then you've got your ideas about like the HR warrior and what it can do to transform an organization. What kind of things are you encouraging those younger HR professionals or the ones that are looking to get into the, I'm just curious what kind of things you tell them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I tell them first, don't do it because you like people. That's like, so I just. <laughs>
0: going back to what we said earlier. Going yeah. back.
1: I'm doing the callback of, um, it can't be your first thing. It can't be the first thing you say, right? Is like, I love people because you'll get jaded and all the stuff we talked about. So that's usually what I say first. But then I really find out like, why are you doing it? And if you're doing it to make an impact, if you're doing it to make the, I'm a hippie at heart, make the world a better place. Are you helping employees? Because if a happier employee is happier when they go home, the family's happier, like, you do change the world that way. If you get that it's a really big, cool job that's tough, you'll be successful. So I usually push on why. I want to find out why they want to do it. They need to be pretty resilient. They need to be self-aware because people will trigger you in HR. Like You will be like, oh my God, what? And so you need to know that. And I had a friend who said, Where do you want to, I mean, this is a very, this is a violent example, but he's like, where do you want to be in a boxing ring? Do you want to be like in the, in the first row where like sweat gets like knocked on you and blood? I'm like, okay, this is gross, but he did have a point. Or do you want to be like way up in the balcony at a very, very safe distance to the fight? And I think HR folks are kind of in that front row. They're
0: in the front row. Yeah. And some, I mean, it's, it's pretty... It's kind of. I mean, people pay a lot of money in actual boxing. They'll, they'll pay a lot of money. To they
1: right sure there. do for the front row. Yeah, for the front row. But I feel like HR folks are really... like You're, you're in the front row. And if that excites you, like I'd want to be in the front row, if that excites you, then the profession will excite you. If you're like, you know, I'd rather be very distant and I don't want to do that... I would say maybe HR isn't for you, like it, and that's fine because you gotta really choose to be in it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I, so I wanted to appease the the folks getting into HR, and they may be listening to this podcast and like, oh, yeah, not for me, or or <laughs> yeah, it is for me. Now let's speak to the those that are in HR but are are struggling to influence their leaders around them about the value that they bring. What kind of things can they do to influence the leaders around them that? You know, we should be doing X, Y, Z, or
1: yeah. Uh, well, total shameless plug. Read my book. That's number oh, one, of course. Yeah. Number one on your list of <laughs> duh. But just being around HR, the HR folks can get really detailed. Like I, I, we do a lot of psychometric assessments, and so the profile of HR can be much more detail orientation, which serves you very well in the beginning of your career, but then. You have to be more of a salesperson as you move up because you have to influence the executives. You have to be really, you know, you only have five minutes to get their attention. It's very sales profile. It's what HR doesn't have a sales profile. And in fact, some of the HR people really dislike the sales profile. And so my advice to people in it struggling to influence is go shadow a salesperson. And I can hear your HR people going, ugh, because I've said this to HR people and they just go, ugh. But how do you learn? We've done so many sales trainings and I've learned all the time. It's so great at how to sell because that's what you're doing. You have to influence and sell without direct power.
0: There's a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini that I always recommend to people even outside of marketing because it's Mm -hmm. there's so much. Everything's about influence.
1: Everything. And that's, again, HR has no direct power, really. We really don't. And so the only ones that the executives will really listen to is when the lawyer says, that's going to cost you a million dollars. Then they start to listen. But you know what I mean? Like, but we don't, we all have to influence. And so learn from salespeople. And that puts a lot of people in an uncomfortable situation because the profile of HR isn't very salesy.
0: So Carrie, your book is The Way of the HR Warrior. I was just looking on Amazon. It's got 99 five-star ratings. So you're doing something good. Your book is great. It's great. I'm not an HR professional. I work with a ton of HR professionals. And I do talk about HR all day. So I guess you could say I'm sort of a wannabe.
1: Yeah, you're in Southern California, we'd say you're HR adjacent. <laughs> there you go. So that's what they like Beverly Hills adjacent yep. for a location. So yeah, you're HR I adjacent. Love
0: that. <laughs> I'll, I'll start using that from now on. But your book is great. I think it's a it's a great tool for HR leaders who are really ready to step their game up and be an HR warrior. So um, anything that you'd want to say to listeners or just in parting or feel free to point people to any resources that you have?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can always go to our website at abracigroup.com. And I know you'll put the link in the, the show notes. And so... So that's kind of what we do. And then um, we're doing some more HR development. We're trying to get back, you know, started again with doing some HR development now that COVID has kind of Past a bit. HR was pretty busy with that. So we're always here to talk to HR folks. So yeah, give me a shout. And my name is pretty unique on LinkedIn. So you won't, if you put it in, you'll find me, you won't find like 500 me's. So connect with me on LinkedIn and just HR is a really powerful profession. So anything I can do to help HR folks and change the perception and help us become HR warriors, I'm down for.
0: My guest today has been Carrie Olrich. Carrie, it's been a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenim HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Xenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.